Out of the 93 Best Picture winners, one must be crowned the bestest of the best. You're listening to The Quest for the Bestest from Backlog Banter. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Tucker Hazel, Tanner Dykstra, and Abram Buner. You can find more of our content on YouTube and Twitter at Backlog Banter. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Quest for the Bestest. It's the podcast for us four backlog boys. My name is Timo and I'm joined of course by Abram, Tucker, and Tanner are dissecting the best picture winners one by one, picking them out of a great big pot of movies and figuring out where they rank against each other on our list of the best best picture winners. That's right, it's The Quest for the Bestest. That's what you tuned into. And today we are talking about the movie that won 1977's Oscars, which would be 1976, Rocky, directed by John G. Alvidson, written by Sylvester Stallone, also happens to be the main character. We're going to get into it, I think. Believe it or not. Believe it or not, we will be talking about that film quite a lot on this episode. Um, It's a real knockout film. But before we have to talk about Rocky, we're going to revisit last week. And we talked about 12 Years a Slave from 2013. We thought it was not just pretty good. We thought it was very good. In fact, we gave it an average score of 9.3, which made it rocket to the top of our list. Not Not quite the top, but top 10. So it landed sixth out of 48 movies, which... Man, that's a that's high up there. That is really high up there, and that movie, very good, very good. But we're not talking about that anymore. It's done. It's settled. Now we get to have a little bit of a heavyweight battle about Rocky. We can we can talk about it for a little bit more? Reading our highlighted comment from Twelve Years a Slave from last oh, week, yeah, which of course comes from John Tor Eleven, who says that this was a disturbing film to watch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, It's crazy that this was only 150 plus years ago when this was a reality, which is also crazy. Important Um, to bring out. Amazing performances all around. 7.8 out of 10 for him. There you go. There you have it. Short comment. Short and pithy. Thank you, John Tor. Yes. So. Not like this, though. Don't don't pithy your pants. We're going to go the distance with Rocky. We're going to go an all-out slugfest, maybe. Can I request that I give the the summary of this film? It is yours. It is yours to give. So this movie is about uh, Mary Sue Rocky Balboa in his boxing match against Apollo Creed. That is the entirety of the film, but he's also a collection collection agent for the mob. He also has a loving relationship with a woman that begins in a very creepy manner in his apartment. Um, So there's a lot to talk about this film, but also very little to say about it. Uh, mm. And I think that's why I think this movie is awesome. I think Rocky is ah. awesome. I think this movie is hype as hell and a ton of fun to watch. But I have no clue how this one best picture. Because there is, certainly is two hours worth of material here. And 65% of it leads nowhere and means nothing. So I don't really know how to reconcile all these facts about Rocky. But I think it's a lot of fun, very charismatic film. Sure. Rocky is a fascinating one in the lineage of best pictures. Because we often end up talking about movies Excuse me, that are important because they won Best Picture, but often not much else. You talk about Schindler's List, they're a force gump, there are certainly outliers, but Rocky stands in the echelon of one of those pop culture movies. That mm-hmm. what the what the heck it also won Best Picture. How'd that happen? And honestly, I don't know. There's also a lot of famous movies from this year that would have felt more at home in the lineage of Best Pictures. But also, I think this movie's phenomenal. I think this is one of the best like character study films maybe it's a little weirdly paced maybe it's a little weirdly structured but it's so different and so interesting i love this film and i'm very happy it won the best picture because it gives us this really interesting like side tangent of a really popular famous film that we get to talk about in the quest for the bestest yeah true i mean Uh, you know the academy is always debating there's always every every oscar season they it comes up oh do we have the popular award and in, in, in 1977, the popular award was the Best Picture Award because Rocky mm-hmm. was the blockbuster of the year. And mm-hmm. um, I, think, I think the film feels like a blockbuster, like some, some popcorn um, cinema. But man, if popcorn cinema exists, I need to be allowed to have fun while I watch it. And that I did when I'm watching Rocky. You know, you, you, you really feel him, that the soundtrack, the, all the, just, it's, it's an iconic movie. And it's it's yeah. I think that's the my distillation of it all. I think it's a little weird as a best picture, but just as a film, greatly enjoyable. A lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to see what's happening. And I mean, I think Sylvester Stallone um, is he's pretty damn good as Rocky. If I'm gonna go out on a limb and say say mm-hmm. that yeah. there, 
Tanner, I think you yeah. are our last. He should up. come back in that role. Oh, oh yeah, that, yeah, that'd be really interesting. I hope they make a sequel. Hmm, I hope they make a spin-off series that follow that follows Apollo Creed's son. That's what I want to watch. But I hope there's four core entries before that happens. I oh, well, I I five. actually wish there was six core entries before that. One of which uh, follows Rocky Balboa's son. Boy, but do I have the, news for you. <laughs> but, whoa. <laughs> but besides that point, I think the very first installment, Rocky is a very good film. I think there's a lot of great points in here. You all raise great points about how this is like, it, it, it feels like a little offbeat little step for the, for the best picture lineage, but a good offbeat little step. You know, it, we do get, it is a small budget character study as uh, yeah. as I will allude to in the many pieces of trivia about this. You know, this is, this has been installed in like the pop culture uh, criterion of film. And by that by that measure, there's going to be a lot of like interviews about it where people say interesting things. So I have a lot of interesting trivia about this, and I I do um I have a lot of things to say about you know uh, the 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 core content of the film as well. But boys, let's just get into it. Why Amen. not? Amen. Amen. Who's who's brave enough to go first? I think Abram, you were about. I'm going to be brave enough to go first because. Okay. I Throw really, that first punch, if you will. I, I mm -hmm. did not. I generally did not expect it to be as positive of an opening salvo out of the of the show as it was. And so my question is, what do you think about the? I, it's more of a question than a statement. Okay. What mm -hmm. do you think about the content of the film from a plot perspective? Because I think the biggest issue with this movie is that a lot of this, it's a lot of happenstance, it's a lot of picked up and dropped plot threads. And for me, it doesn't take away from how fun the movie is, but I think there's a huge dichotomy here between the fun factor of Rocky and the sort of quality of storytelling in Rocky. Mm, okay. It's interesting, because we come into this film, and you come out gate-swinging, gate that's not a fucking term, but uh, you come out swinging and excited and talking about how hyped you find this movie, and... I think that's true from a certain perspective, but when I go into this movie, it's been years and years since I've seen it, didn't like it as much the first time, I'm expecting for it to be just, you know, a, a boxing movie with some boxing action and this guy who's dealing with some stuff in between, but what I found and why I think this movie works as strongly as it does and ends up, spoiler alert, in one of my favorite best picture winners that we've seen is because it focuses, it, it, it takes the focus so much away from what are those hype segments. I think the movie works best when it's talking about Rocky as a person, his relationship to his his neighborhood and his history and the characters around him who have all impacted him in different ways. And it's such a rich and interesting character study that, like real life, things just ebb and flow. Things in, uh, impact him in small ways. And you get a lot of sequences that are devoid of hype, that are just focused on this guy who is a, he's a, he's a bum. That's how everyone refers to him as. Everyone's insulting him. Everything's going wrong in his life. He's kind of just a schmunk and he knows it. And it's a really interesting position to put a character, the ultimate underdog in that you instantly connect to this guy. You know exactly who he is. It's all laid out on the table and you get to a really raw character study throughout the film that culminates in a really hype thing. I think that's why this movie works so well is it mm. takes the folks away from those action sequences and of, of boxing and puts it on the character so you're able to learn who he is so you feel a lot more emotional pumped up and engrossed when he pulls the ultimate underdog move and beats the heavyweight champion of the world mm -hmm. yeah uh i i do uh, abram i'm gonna take one of your points and, and extrapolate what i think you're gonna say about this because you said happenstance and uh, this movie really only gets going plot wise because out of a hat Apollo Creed says, this Rocky Balboa guy, he's the guy that I want to fight. And he's got a good, good sounding name. Yeah, the Italian Stallion, you know. It's a, it's uh, a good name. It's a good yeah, name. It is a good name. But uh, I mean, I guess you're right. That is just like a thing that happens in the story to to, to kickstart it. But at the same time, like, uh, I, I, I can look past it. Uh, but look back the look past the coincidence of just Apollo Creed picking this out because I think it serves like the, the the character dichotomy that Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa have. Rocky Balboa is he's a he's a low class upstart guy. You know he's very reserved. He uh, doesn't let on to a lot of people what he really thinks, who he really is, his true inner thoughts. And Apollo Creed is this larger than life, boisterous, boasting Muhammad Ali stand-in essentially. And you yes. have these these two guys thrown into a ring together and you know they sort of they don't interact a lot throughout the entire film uh but you do you, the character moments that you get from either of them sort of stand in for those character interactions and work to build up both of them 
I find that as a, if this is, you know, the boxing movie genre certainly exists. For a boxing movie, this really doesn't have that much boxing in it. There's a fight at the beginning. No, my there's point a lot exactly. Of, a lot of training and then our final fight at the end. And that's an interesting um, way to take the direction of the film, at least in the plotting of it. Uh, and I think that by and large it works. I think the film kind of slows a little bit right before we get to his the final montage, the famous one. Um, and, and so, you know, it's just, kind of trying to figure out where it is, uh, you know, how to situate itself in those moments before really diving back into the into the boxing element when you're dealing with this, the, the story of, with your romance subplot um, or your B story, really, it's the B story of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those, and themes of, of home life in, in, what is it, Philadelphia? Yes. yes. So, yeah, I Very think- Very clearly, they imagine that quite often. Yeah, I know, I was just trying to make sure I, I didn't say the wrong thing. Um, but to me, what's what's almost most interesting about the film, in a similar way to the French Connection, is the portrayal of the city. We we, we sure. have the city is almost a real character. You know where they are and, and just how everything looks and feels to me is a lot of what what kind of grabbed me and was interesting to me as we watched and to see how Rocky you know interacts with his city, not just you know the literal landscapes, but the people and the neighbors and and all of that, which was was interesting to me. Um, maybe because the plot in the middle of the movie was not pulling me along super strongly, mm. I think. Um, until I know, you know, I know it's coming, so I'm like, ah, yes, let's get to this training montage, let's get to Rocky having a fight. So I'm watching it, and I'm looking for it, but it's not my central, I guess, area of focus in the film during the middle. I think the beginning and the end are, are really great, and they set up and pay off a lot of really good stuff, but maybe in the middle, like, it, it plot-wise is a little uh, less interesting for lack of a better word than, you know, the the bookends, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I can, I I see where you guys are coming from and I and I like I I really have a lot of fun with basically every sequence of the movie. I just find myself team with your point about setups and payoffs, there are a lot in terms of Rocky himself in terms of his relationship with Mickey in terms of the relationship with the people around him as he goes up against Creed. But I find that there's a lot of threads that are left hanging in an unsatisfactory way. So Apollo Creed himself, for instance, ends up feeling really flat and, and like he's completely absent from the movie. And that's largely the intent. I like the scene where you see that the one of Apollo Creed's guys is watching TV as as Rocky is is working out in the in the ice box, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that stuff is great, and it says something about his character that he isn't there. But at the same time, I just feel like the antagonist of the film is missing. And then we've got interesting side characters like 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 Gazzo, who is employing Rocky illicitly, but ultimately that doesn't get fleshed out at all. The relationship with Adrian and, and Polly is complex and dynamic, but the relationship of Polly and uh, no, sorry, of Adrian and Rocky's relationship kind of happens off screen. We go from the really uncomfortable and awkward first date that feels a little bit assault esque to the, the end of it. Yeah. yeah, to her being very comfortable around him. I just feel like there's all of the, the, so many great scenes, but the connective tissue for me is just missing. The, the, one thing interesting that you say about Apollo Creed, and I think it extends to the entire cast of supporting characters. It's that everyone in the movie essentially excited for Rocky. Um, is they are pretty one note. I mean, they have their own complexities. They don't necessarily have a ton of backstory, but I think the reason that I don't think that's necessarily a detriment to the film and why. Um, subsequently, I don't think those dropped plot threads related to them are a huge problem is because they are very distinct characters. They're not boring side characters. They fill their roles and they all impact Rocky, who this movie is very clearly through the eyes of in different ways. You get to know his relationship with each of them. You know what he's thinking about who they are and how they've impacted him. And that's what I'm looking for in this film. And I think maybe it's underserving the side characters a little bit, but I think from the perspective of the guy who wrote this script is playing the main character and it's very clearly through his eyes. He knew exactly what this movie, for my opinion, should be and focused really hard on this. This movie feels very focused on who Rocky is as a person. And while that might leave some plot threads hanging or other things, you know, sort of dissolved in the background, in the end, I don't think that's necessarily too important because when you're looking at what this film is trying to do and knows what it does best, it's focusing on Rocky. And, and, And it does that incredibly well and as, again this one's it's one of my favorite um best picture winners i mean we yep. said it before that this is a character study and so i 
definitely think about the film through the lens of character a lot more. I've come to realize in the last month or so that I'm like a plot um, movie viewer. I really watch movies for like what happens and not really what happens to the characters. But in this case, uh, I was able to get in and really think about Rocky's development as a character and to see see where he goes, how he starts the film and how he ends the film. I had to think a little bit about it. I don't think um, Rocky's arc is the most obvious arc ever, but I think it's there and I think it works in, in its subtlety. I think it actually is quite a subtle arc where he changes, mm-hmm. um, but I like it for what it does to him and, and how he changes uh, by the end of the film after he, he ties with uh, Apollo Creed. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, for, hang on. I think he do, he loses, doesn't he? He loses by decision. He yeah, loses by, by decision. By but, technicality, yeah. Yeah. But physically, he tied because he went yeah, yeah, the distance. Yeah, yeah. I don't went know. If I wasn't. I wasn't quoting anyone there, but <laughs> that's the idea of the film. Oh, I yes. think that line is used. Um, I do want to talk about uh the the sort of uh one in the sameness of Rocky Balboa and Sylvester Stallone because it is interesting for this being a Best Picture winner, the highest award the Academy of uh, film arts and sciences can award that it is such a like a focused character study that started from like a poor guy struggling actor because that's what Sylvester Stallone was the bulk of my trivia is uh I I just want to like rattle off some things about like how this movie sort of came to be so uh there was two there's two um producers uh Erwin Winkler and Robert Chartoff who are interested in the script they had met with uh, Sylvester Stallone during an audition or something like that because up until he uh, up until this moment Sylvester Stallone was like he had been in like one kind of famous movie and then he was like a bit character or an extra and other stuff but he wrote the script for Rocky as sort of like a uh, an allegory for his own life as a struggling actor he was a struggling boxer uh, and he had $106 in his bank account no car and he had just sold his dog for $50 so he could, like, pay rent. Holy shit. Wow, wow. That's, that's just about as bottom of the barrel in terms of financials that one can get. He was, yeah. he was making, yeah. like, 30 bucks a week as an usher, essentially, is what, is what he was doing. But these producers got interested, and they're like, we'll pay you for you to use your script. And he's like, I, I, will, I will sell the script to you, but I have to be Rocky. There's no other, I'm not selling it to you if I'm not Rocky. And I think that dedication to the character is re- comes across very, very well. Um, what else? Okay, so they take it to United Artists. They're like, okay, United Artists is like, all right, we'll give this a $2 million budget. Uh, we'll attach somebody like Robert Redford or something like that. And they're like, no, this guy won't sell the script unless he plays the main character. And like, this fucking guy, he's, he's, he's green behind the ears actor. He's been in like one movie. And they're like, that's what he fucking said. So they cut the budget from $2 million to $1 million and said to these two producers, if it goes even a cent over budget, it's coming out of your two, yours two's pockets. And uh, wow. it did. It went one point. It went $100,000 over budget. So those two producers had to mortgage their house to cover the rest of that cost. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But and then this went on to be the highest grossing film of 1976. And uh, if you remember... The dog that I met, that I brought up that uh, Sylvester Stallone had to sell for fifty dollars. That dog was actually Buttkiss. Yeah, he bought, him, he bought him back and put him in the movie. That dog Buttkiss is they, actually was they, Sylvester Stallone. Was the dog's Stallone name dog. actually Buttkiss? Uh, as far as I can it tell, it better yes. be because that's yeah. the greatest goddamn god dog name I've ever heard in my life. Yes, but aside from all that 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 rambly backstory for the film, uh, the main point is. That Sylvester or Rocky Balboa is entirely a creation of Sylvester Stallone. He is tied intrinsically to this character as an actor, and that comes across very, very well. I think that he is fantastic in the movie. I think he he is he's like a big piece of brick. He's very unflinching and very like plain in his delivery but there's so there's a lot of nuance to what he's saying and what he says in spite of that mm-hmm. and in, in spite of him being this enormous oath he literally every line of dialogue is so fantastic when delivered by him mm-hmm. in his intonation with his mannerisms i think yeah. that he this is one of the film performances it is fantastic did he win i don't want to rush to that segment of the show oh, yet, but okay he, all right let's rush get, to it let's get it let's rush get to actor? it he should have. I, I should. I usually have it pulled up, but hang on, I'm getting it pulled up right here. Everyone, keep your britches on. I, I would agree he with you, Abram. Win. 
Um, he was nominated. That, that's that's too bad, but the nomination is, is certainly well-deserved. Um, mm-hmm. his, his, I think his, his acting is so convincing as Rocky Balboa that I really, you know, he plays the character and embodies it 100%, more than 100%, you know, and so... Yeah. When when I watch it, it's, I I just see Rocky. I don't even think about seeing Sylvester. I'm like, oh, why is he so like? Why is he so dumb? And I'm like, oh, uh, but he's just playing this character. I was like, you mm-hmm. know, I think I think the the acting really sells a lot of what goes on, plot wise and character wise with Rocky. I I mean yeah. that seems kind of obvious as as a point of praise, but I, I it needs to be said. I I certainly agree, and I think that's what most surprised me about this film and why I connected to it so deeply is. That performance and everything that goes into it from the small nuances, which is why I, I kind of flinched a little bit when you said that he was like a brick and really solid. I think more you meant like, I don't know, per- personality wise or something, but is that this guy is so on a granular level nuanced. I mean, he has a, a really interesting backstory with how he's relating to everyone in his life and everyone always told him he couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And he kind of internalized that over time, but he still got that spark of passion in him that takes him on to be the ultimate underdog. But then you look at the performance and the the bobbing he's always doing when he's like just trying to, uh, you know, stand around an office or whatever. He, he's got those little ticks. He's always delivering his lines in really the, iconic ways. The, like the the rubber ball that he has. I'm like, oh, I, I, this is this might be the, true or not. But I'm like, oh, it's to help with like hand eye coordination. But he's always he's walking down the street and he's bouncing the rubber ball. I'm like, oh, yeah, that might be a. He, it's even just those little things, like the fact that he has that rubber ball, like his mm-hmm. his apartment is so decked out in interesting ways with the mattress tied around the pole, and he's got he's two got the- turtles that he just loves like Puff immensely. He's such a fascinating character. He says words I've never heard before, but they work so naturally coming out of his mouth that I just, and maybe this is just because I connected so much to the character, I didn't care if the scenes got slow. I didn't really care if plot threads in the background were dropped because all I cared about in the moment was how this guy is doing, how his relationships are uh, progressing, and where is he going? What's he thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, I was so focused on that character that all the sort of larger scale film uh, structure things didn't really affect me. Well, I, I do think they're done very well. Um, I, I Any of those complaints you were having, which I'm sure are there, are kind of washed away by the fact that, holy shit, I just, I just love this character so much, man. Uh, oh, sorry, I, I, Abram. You said you didn't want to rush into the segment, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw it out there now. Uh, it, obviously, this film won Best Picture. It also won Best Director for John G. Alvidson and Best Editing. It was nominated for uh, Best Actor for Sylvester Stallone, Best Actress by Talia Shire, Best Supporting Actor Burgess Meredith, another Best Supporting Actor uh, for Burt Young, Best Writing again Sylvester Stallone. Uh, best sound and best uh, original song for Gonna Fly Now. Didn't I win, should oh, mention, didn't win that. Oh, no. dang. What beat I it? should mention, oh, Sylvester Stallone so good. is among some great company in terms of uh, people who were nominated for the same movie for writing and acting. He's among Charlie Chaplin and Orson Welles as the only three people to be nominated for writing and acting for the same film. What film company Jesus to be Christ. a part of? Yeah. Yeah. I just you you mentioned editing and that makes me think about th- this film uses montage quite heavily and I think that this is is near the gold standard of how to do a montage correctly where to put it in the movie how to cut it together um, I think it it sets up like the idea of the Hollywood time condensing montage where you take you know weeks or whatever or you know however long and and put it into the the length of a song um, this is. It feels to me like the the one that started it all, and I think it does it really, really well. Our montages at the beginning. There may have been something called Citizen Kane a little bit earlier. Than well, that, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but this one has that that hype feeling. I think I get hype from the montage with with the song is just incredible, and the way that it's cut together really flows in the montage, and it never really feels like there's any any dead spots, which can come around when you when you're trying to make something that's conveying a lot of time passing um and you know when when little bits of dialogue are thrown in there and and uh, well i just i like the montages in this film quite a lot yeah i mean it's certainly popularized like the training montage you go back to the training if you go back to training montages the best of the best are always the rocky movies and it started here and i think it's believe it or not the the franchise started here the, the franchise started here and it's the editing it's the song, and th- it plays into the whole thing of 
making Philadelphia feel like a, a character within itself. You know, you have all of the all the kids and stuff, and the you know the, the shopkeepers who are like tossing oranges to them. They shot that gorilla style, by the way. So that was just like a guy who threw an orange to Sylvester Stallone. Oh, that's like, great. He, just, he had no idea who he was. He's just like, they hey, must have ADR'd orange. the Rocky thing then, because I think he says, hey, Rocky, yeah. have this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, which is just, I think but, that's a great example of them just using footage that they had. And it's like, how can we make this just a tiny bit more like exciting? It was, hey, Rocky, it was, have this orange. It was John G. Alvidson like shooting out of the camera, shooting out the door of a moving van of just Sylvester Stallone just like running through Philadelphia. It was great. That's great. It, it yeah, works. Yeah. It works very well. I love that sequence. I love all of the training sequences, regardless, whether it's the traditional montage ones or it's him punching in the in the icebox or the scene of him waking up at 4.30 and cracking mm -hmm. egg after, oh, egg, yeah, after yeah. egg into the cup. Oh my I think God. And that, that one shot, it's one take and he yeah. just cracks like five eggs into the thing. It's really great. And it's spilling down his shirt. Yeah. I, great. I gotta <laughs> say though, I gotta say, and I made the ref I made the joke about him being a Mary Sue earlier. Oh boy. I think one of the problems that I have with this film on a fundamental level is I don't believe the progression of Rocky from the from the Southpaw, who is basically fighting nobodies, to Apollo Creed and going the distance with him. Mm, sure. I, I, it it tells a story of he went from nothing to this fight. And it's a really fun and compelling story. But when I really get down to it, I don't know if I believe it. And I think that's kind of my problem with the entirety of what I'm talking about in terms of the, the drop threads or the character relationships that feel a little bit forced. I just, I really love watching the movie. I love the experience of the movie. But when I think about Rocky as a character, when I think about him in an organic sense, not in the context of this awesome blockbuster, but in the context of these best pictures we watch with character motivation and growth and arc. I just personally, I'm not sure if I see that. And that so much of the film is contingent upon believing Rocky's progression mm. there. Um, I mean, that's a good core point. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it obviously comes down to how you're watching the movie, I guess, or, or how invested you are in the reality of the film, which is of course intended to be realistic, but I, I find it more an example of this is what, passion and dedication can do and it can go to distance it can achieve unachievable things and this is the unreasonableness of the reality of film that i think i just sort of resign myself to when i'm watching something uh which is why i don't really have a problem with mary sue characters in general but i do feel like his passion and his uh his knowledge as as a boxer and his his caring into the work he puts in makes it feel like he can do it because you you see that spark of passion in him from the very start yeah if i may, you uh, may. i think i i think i have i i have my own little explanation for this and it is uh, we see it a number of times through the film uh you mentioned it even abram where rocky is being on is being interviewed on the news he's punching like sides of beef in a freezer or whatever and apollo creed's like in an office talking about how to play up the the publicity of this fight Rocky is out there training. He's waking up at 4 a.m. every day and jogging six to eight miles or whatever upstairs. And Apollo Creed is, views this fight as like a publicity stunt. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll offer up the heavyweight champion to anybody. He's not taking this fight seriously. And Rocky is. And I think that is the the core as to why he can go up against the heavyweight champion of the world and the core as to why the character dynamic and the theme and the plot of this movie works so well because it is like the ultimate underdog story it is a guy who has nothing who's going to you know put just give it it all because why wouldn't he versus like the top dog who's like oh yeah i'll i'll slum it for a little while with a sort with some random guy from philadelphia i think that's why it works to me this film is is thematically a lot about the second chance and i guess that's what kind of i i agree somewhat abram that it is a little unbelievable but i just if a movie tells me that something is true, I just am like, yeah, okay, it's true for the next 90 minutes. Um, and in, and that happens in this case. Um, so with the idea of the second chance, he, it's like him being given that second chance by Apollo Creed and him doing everything he possibly can, including stuff that we don't really see that, you know, there's just no, no time to show five months worth of training in a movie. And so he's really, really, really going five weeks, for isn't it? It was, was it five weeks? It was five weeks. It certainly wasn't five yeah, weeks. Yeah. Um, but seeing, just having that idea in the back of, of my head, I don't know if it was really ever said, but it was at least communicated that this was Rocky's second chance, that he he had to capitalize on this or else he would forever be just the bum. And so that 
was at least my motivate my understanding of his motivation for for going and trying so hard and an explanation for why he was able to do it um in yeah. the end even if we maybe aren't shown like exactly how he got there no yeah. i agree completely and i think that in spite of maybe the film not communicating the the progression to me the motivation was very clear i love yeah. this movie thematically i think that what rocky represents what creed represents his arc towards towards creed is really great beyond the plot level on a simple character level on a character study level as we're saying and Timo, it is pretty mentioned explicit. It is mentioned pretty explicitly in the context of the film when he's talking to Adrian the night before on the bed, being like, "This fight is my first chance to not just be another kid from the neighborhood who didn't go anywhere, right?" Yeah. And that stuff is all communicated so well, and that's why I think the movie is not only at, at its most fun, but also its best. And I just think that there was a way to tell Rocky that kind of stripped away some of the more nebulous elements honed in on creed gave him more time so we were building up somebody to root against because we root for rocky i love rooting for rocky that's fun but mm. if, but what if i could root for rocky and root against creed and you mm. get to in that one sequence which is so great of him talking about well maybe i'll go put some radio ads in canada and rocky <laughs> is his fists are covered in the blood of some random cow as he's beating the <laughs> shit out of this in the icebox like that's when the movie is so good i just wish we could get a little bit more of that on a plot level to complement mm-hmm. the thematic level sure uh Quick thing. Sorry, Tucker, I'll, I'll let you go. But I have a trivia thing, and I feel like you'll love this. Uh, they wanted to cut that bedroom scene. They were they were already they were already over budget, and Sylvester Stallone's like, "No, we can't cut this. This is like the core. This is like the final character beat for for Rocky." And they're like, "All right, all right, fine, fine, Sly. You get one take to do this, and that's the oh, take that they use." Shit. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a good moment. That's a great scene. I mean, that's one of the more raw emotional scenes, which I where I do think. Um, in my perspective, at least, the the connection between Adrian and Rocky, while it might have that really uncomfortable start, it has a great lead-up, really slow lead-up, a really natural lead-up, and then a really great progression throughout. Their relationship is very believable. And in that moment of her just laying there quietly and him opening his heart to her, that's a that's a wonderful scene. And, and the fact that it's one take, I mean, I I just kind of like that from, from the... Yeah. From the underdog perspective of, you got one chance, and he fucking did it. He and did it, it. Plays, it plays into the whole Sylvester Stallone is Rocky thing. He's like, all right, kid, you got one chance to do this, whatever, this core emotional moment, if you want to call it that, Sylvester. But like, yeah, yeah he fucking knocks it out of the park. And it, it just tells you how much Sylvester Stallone cares about this character, cares about this film. Yeah. And I think the one thing I, w- I was going to say uh, before I got into my praise for that scene mm-hmm. um, is about Apollo Creed. And while I actually do I definitely agree, I would love to see more of him. I think he's a really interesting character. And seeing him on TV and seeing him in these circumspect ways are an interesting way to sort of play up a character in the background. Um, I still think that he works on the whole because of what I was saying earlier, it being so through Rocky's eyes. I mean, he knows this guy is the heavyweight champion in the world, but he's focused on his personal journey. It. The movie's focused on his personal journey. He's focused on his personal journey. Creed is a side element. He is the end goal, but he is, for all intents and purposes, a set piece, um, mm-hmm. which is I, I I do think works for the film. I think there could be a more interesting story where they are given more balanced screen time. But the way that Creed plays into the theme, which I think is sort of the, the B-tier theme of this film of, of news coverage and fame and how that plays into different people's minds and the, the um, media is piping up... Uh, boxing and the boxing is having up media and everyone around the city is getting to know him and and the new the news anchor him on the on the tv and not knowing how to act and it's like, my friend over there <laughs> like all that stuff plays into a really interesting theme that's not played into very heavily but i think is really fascinating and sort of bolsters his personality it shows off an interesting side of his personality being uncomfortable on film but then being confident in the boxing ring like there's a lot of interplay between all of this and and I just bring that up as an interesting element of this film that I don't hear talked about very much. I mean, it's about mm-hmm. the hype. It's about the journey. It's about the underdog story. But there's also an interesting narrative here of of the corruption of fame and, and how uh, Creed is is cocky about his life. And he's just kind of this businessman who who's patting a dumb guy on the back for a little bit of clout. Like, mm-hmm. it, that's a fascinating B story to be telling. Yeah. You, I think it also... Oh, sorry. Go for it, Abram. Well, it's communicated through two great side characters that we haven't really talked about yet who are Mickey and Polly, 
who yes. basically represent glomming onto mm-hmm. Rocky yes. when he finally yes. gets something. And w- another one of the greatest scenes in the movie is when Mickey shows up to try to jump onto what Rocky has going, and then he just flips out, and you hear him screaming out the apartment building as Mickey leaves. Mm-hmm. There's just... It's a great sequence to showcase how fed up Rocky is, and it's sort of a great turning point where he starts to come into himself a little bit more and be a little bit more externalized at what he's thinking and feeling. And I, mm-hmm. I agree, Tucker, that it's such a great theme of the movie, and it's absolutely one of the reasons why it works so well. Because to circle back to something you said earlier, these quieter parts of the film are why it's so special beyond the yes. boxing. Yes. It's a thematically dense movie, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's there's multiple, multiple themes being presented all throughout. What What is it like living in the inner city? How does that change people? You know, the theme of fame and how does that corrupt your friends and how does it play in the in the, you know, in the media and, and the idea of the second chance. Those, those are all real, live, bona fide thematic ideas that get explored thoroughly, I think. I think the film is clear in its message and it and it it, it comes across to me as I watch it. And yet it's it's still it fits that kind of Goldilocks zone of if, if in between being very overtly thematic uh, and me me missing the point. It's right in there in the in where it's like I'm understanding what's going on, but it, you're not like telling me the theme. There's like not too many lines where they just you know say the theme as a line in the movie, which I appreciate. Uh oh, uh, I I I feel like we're winding down here a little bit, so I just wanna I just wanna rattle off some more trivia. If I can if I can rattle off uh just how many injuries Sylvester Stallone and also um Carl Weathers <laughs> incurred while filming this movie. Uh, so while in the scene where you know uh Rocky the obviously the famous montage where he's Rocky running around Philadelphia, uh. Apparently he didn't stretch enough because just like the character Rocky, he probably stretched like ten to fifteen seconds before going on a five to ten mile jog or whatever it, ever it was. Because uh, Sylvester Stallone tore a ligament in his leg and had to be brought to the hospital in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> oh, I just great love the idea. I just love the imagery of this giant man being like wheeled up to the hospital in a probably, wheelbarrow. I love probably that. in his Rocky costume too. Oh yeah, still. absolutely. Oh, in easily the, in the gray sweats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't. They just didn't have a car that day, I guess. I guess not. With, I don't know. With, with the million van dollar was, budget, the, they probably couldn't afford to have a car that day. The van was full of camera equipment. They had uh, a wheelbarrow, though. They had yeah. a wheelbarrow. <laughs> they probably so, borrowed well, it from that someone guy. Someone had a orange. wheelbarrow. They're like, <laughs> which is, they're which like, is something. Yes, Tucker. I was just gonna say the idea of that we were talking about earlier of, of Philadelphia being a character and and Rocky's interact interactions with everyone around him is another reason I think this movie works so well. It's not super complex in the way that he's just treated like crap by literally everyone for most movie except for dogs uh and and i i just like those smaller relatively unimportant but but really meaningful moments of him interacting with people standing on the street or meeting the little girl who's hanging out with the teen kids and having that conversation and even she treats him like crap and like sort of everyone knows that he's the neighborhood bum and they don't well, really give the- a fuck He's not the nicest to her either. He's like, you're going to grow up to be a whore, little girl. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a definitely a weird line. But, yeah. But I do think it puts him in an interesting position, that scene specifically, where he, everyone sees him up as a bum, but he still like commands some authority because he's a big, strong guy, and he's got a little bit of knowledge behind him. And, and where he might feel insecure about himself in places, he's externalizing confidence that doesn't necessarily really exist, but he wants to fill this role, like... Mm-hmm. The way that he interacts with the uh, environment around him in the neighborhood, which, by the way, as Timo was saying, that visually in a city, like the gray skies and the run-down streets, just the set design, and, and mm-hmm. not, maybe not set design, but actual Philadelphia is phenomenal in capturing the energy. But I, I think that's one of the hooks that this movie has, is putting him in such an interesting place and seeing how he bounces off of that and all these different scenarios. That's what really got me invested in the character and the city and, and everything going on. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hooks, sorry, hooks. I'm not done with my trivia. Okay. Speaking of hooks, he was landing some mean left and right hooks on those sides of meat. So mean, in fact, that Sylvester Stallone's knuckles to this day are completely flat from how how hard and how long he was beating up those sides of meat. Like he has huh. no bumps. He, he he flattened his knuckles beating up the meat so hard. Yeah, I'm, we're all looking at our knuckles, and I'm like, <laughs> how does how does that happen? Oh yeah, I God. got I got bumpy ass knuckles. Let me tell you. Yeah, me me too. <laughs> and, uh, Finally, uh-huh, Sylvester, look at me. Look at these. Bet you wish you had them, huh? 
Oh, uh, while while they were <laughs> while him and Carl Weathers were filming the that fight that final boxing sequence, they actually were you know they were they were landing punches on each other because they had a they had a fun little interplay on the set as well. Like Carl Weathers didn't know that he was uh rock he was playing Rocky and that he was the writer. He thought he was just some <laughs> like screen tester guy when he first auditioned. But uh, Stallone uh, suffered bruised ribs and Weathers had a damaged nose, which is funny enough, the opposite of what their characters got in the fight. Uh, great point. Yeah, it's a huge yeah. moment when his nose is broken and a huge moment yeah. when Creed gets his wind knocked over him by his ribs. Yeah. Yeah. We got to talk about that fight. I want to talk Let's about, talk the, fight about the fight. Let's talk about the fight and then, the and then we'll wrap it all fantastic. up. It's electric. Yeah, it's really good. The, the fight is so great because it is so real and so raw when they are just beating the fucking life out of each oh, yeah. other. And they're going, they're going like round for round, just slaughtering each other and going back to the corner and cutting Rocky's eye so mm-hmm. it's not as swollen so he can get up and fight more. That is where I think, Timo, your kind of point about the understatedness of the film really comes through because that is a huge sequence. That's a bombastic sequence. But what they, what Sylvester Stallone brings to those moments adds so much underneath it. What yeah. he's fighting for, for that final bell, it is electric. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic. It is probably one of the best sequences in Quest for the Bestest that we've seen. I genuinely think that this is a cinema highlight. I love the moment where... Uh, where Apollo Creed realizes, like, oh shit, this guy's like actually fighting me. He's what actually trying. What the heck? Yeah. He's like, all right, all right, let's fucking go. Let's do this thing. I love that moment because he's like, he's playing around with him in that first round. And then he gets knocked. He gets knocked the fuck out, and Rocky's just dancing around. He's getting up like, what the, what the fuck was that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. I love it. Movies. I love it when a movie makes you movies. feel good and you feel triumphant and. Boy, mm-hmm. do you feel really good when when Rocky is is socking it to Apollo Creed, uh, and when that final round comes around and he and he gets you know he he goes the distance um, mm-hmm. to 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 achieve his goal. Really, one thing I want yeah. to add about the fight, I just I kind of love the, the the wrappings around it, the way that it's like this America like bicentennial yeah. in nineteen it's it's in seventy six you know two hundred two hundredth anniversary of the country. And like, there's all that frill about the fight, about the it's it's you know the underdog story, and that I, that those small details really I think add to the the emphasis and the the feeling of the final moment. Just it's it's not super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, Tucker. It's not like super important or necessary, but it makes it better. Um, I I think what why this scene works so well for me because as I said at the beginning, fighting the boxing the those sequences they're well made and they're great. They're very hype. Not the reason I like this movie. Honestly, that's like, I remember it as the boxing sequence, but it's not why I love this film, which is, you know, an interesting perspective to have. But I think why it works so well for me is this amazingly edited and fought and acted sequence is placed into the context of of what's around it, which is uh, right before Rocky, like early morning going into the empty thing and looking around this giant place and be like, you got my costume wrong. And, and like these little moments and him afterward not caring about whether he won or lost because he went the distance. That's what meant it mattered to him. And ending on his reuniting with Adrian. Well, I will admit one of my biggest issues with this film is that I wish there was more at the end. I do like the sort of culmination and character ending moment of he's just gone, literally gone the distance. It's all crazy. And all he cares about is seeing his girlfriend again. Like there's such a powerful emotional moment there that it encaps with a very personal thing. It starts right before with a very powerful emotional, um, like personal thing. And in the middle, you get him going the distance. And I think it just works so well for everyone. Tucker, uh, I, I, you brought you brought up the shorts, and I have to say they, that was actually a thing that the the set painters or whatever got wrong. They painted his shorts the wrong color, and so he just had to like edit the script and be like. Uh yeah, you painted Rocky's shorts wrong or whatever, uh because the, they just didn't communicate with the wardrobe uh department I guess. And it's interesting though thematically because that fits the idea that I don't yes. really care who he is. Like yeah. he he's just a guy. Like they don't know what he looks like. He's not famous enough. So and again, it's the thing of like right coincidence. This is making this movie is like Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa's fight is to Rocky as making this movie is to Sylvester Stallone. He's just like, he has to roll with the punches and he has to fight to get it done and stuff like that. I, I think that is perhaps the most interesting part of the part of this is how it blends the film and like the real life story of getting the film made. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone else has anything to say about the fight, 
but I feel like oh, we should talk about uh, Talia Shire a little bit, uh, who plays sure. Adrian, because you know she is the she is the impetus for Rocky to like change personality wise and like open up so the audience gets to know him a little better. I love the ice skating scene where he's just like nervously talking. He's like, "Hey, here's all these things about boxing. Hey, I, you like the pet store? I like the pet store. Hey, I'll walk you home. You want to go home? Or uh, hey, I'm oh, this, the ice skating rink's definitely open. Let me go talk to this guy. Hey, this guy, here's twenty bucks. Here, let us walk around the skate rink a little bit. Oh, the skate, the ice skates are bad for my ankles. I can't go ice skating. He just keeps talking, and she just like has this look on his face like. This guy's a fucking oaf, but I love him. Yeah, it's yeah. A great I think way to start I, I think relationship. the romance is, besides from that beginning, is is nice. It's very cute, um, uh, and it supports the story. Uh, you know, the great the thematic ideas in the story story pretty well. We are kind of running low on time, so I'm. Yes. I just want to jump ahead and figure out where this ranks, or, or okay, at least at right, least here's some right. here's some numbers because we've had a lot of great discussion, and and now let's put the money where your mouth is and. Okay. Uh, and punch in that little uh, that little funky number. I do have one last thing to say. Well, while, while oh, we're typing in our numbers, always talking, always talking. I'm like Rocky Balboa. Uh, he Sylvester Stallone still has the turtles. He still has Cuff and Link. Really? Yeah. Holy as of, tw- sh- as of 2019, he still has the turtles. They live a long time, turtles. Yeah, I know, but that's just the icing on the cake of like the yeah. reality of this story. He still has those exact turtles from the shoot. Yeah. And the dog was his actual dog. Oh my <laughs> god. I love this movie so much. Okay. Man. Okay. All right. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Yes. Three, two, one. Oh. Well, there we go. Ooh, there it is. Pretty not super far apart. The average score is going to be an 8.55 rounds to an 8.6 from us, which means that the film will go in between The Bridge on the River Kwai and Gentleman's Agreement, two films that we were we are pretty hot on all around, and I think we're pretty hot on Rocky too. The point breakdown goes as follows. Starting at the bottom, I gave it an 8.0. Abram and Tanner both gave it 8.5s, and Tucker gave it a 9.2. So I think you could have seen those scores coming, honestly. Yeah. That does not surprise yeah. me one bit. Now, Anyone? One thing I would like to say, Timo, if mm-hmm. I may. Yes, do say. I, I, I came into this review with the intention of scoring Rocky a lot lower because I, I personally do feel like the film beyond Rocky himself is pretty flawed. I'm not yeah. crazy about the progression of, of the plot and a lot of the dropped character threads because as great as it is, as a character study, I think the film had a lot more to give on a plot level that it, that it doesn't. But I, I think that Rocky for me is a great example of the ways that film as an art form can go beyond metrics of quality. Go I the distance, if you will. It can go <gasps> the distance. I think that on... I think that the success of Sylvester Stallone as Rocky in the thematic material can make up that lost ground for me. And it kind of, for me, Rocky is something that complicated my quest scoring typically because when I'm looking at, okay, point for point, how do I feel like these films stack up? I think that the quality of Rocky is lower than an 8.5. I might even argue significantly. But I think that the experience of the film, the feeling of the film, what was behind it, what was put into it, elevates it far beyond just that simple metric. So just an interesting thing to note mm-hmm. about my own process scoring this movie. Yeah, I, yeah. My, I think I think my score raised quite a lot while we were talking about it, just learning about the backstory and, and thinking and, and diving a little bit more into it. I still find that as a Best Picture winner, it uh, really doesn't stack up to the ones that we think are really, really great because there are, like... Like you're talking about, Abram, the the plot and and those all elements. If Rocky had everything, it maybe would be very very close to the top. But you could probably argue that for every single film ever made, if it was good on all fronts, if it was it better, would, it would be it better. Would, oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I do have a little. Oh, God. I do have a little correction on on the ranking side. It wasn't in between uh, Bridge on the River Kwai and Gentleman's Agreement. Um, it's actually in between Bridge on the River Kwai and Nomadland. So beating out the most uh, oh. recent Best Picture winner. Um, with the score of 8.6, puts it at place number 15 out of 49. So that's I'd pretty love to far see Rocky and Fern in a boxing ring. <laughs> Who would win? Is it Francis McDormand or, or Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone? Stallone? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe we'll get that. Man. Maybe we'll get that in Rocky 10 or uh, Creed <gasps> 6 or whatever. Creed 3 is also gonna is being directed by Michael B. Jordan, so he's he's sort of t- following in the footsteps of Sylvester Stallone and taking a creative, uh, taking the creative reins. There you go. I mean, that seems right. It seems fitting. Let's mm-hmm. hit that spin wheel and uh, and yes. get out of here because boy oh boy, uh, well I think I think some of us have got some stuff to do. I think that's yeah. that's the, the long short of it. So 
Let's uh, let's pull that up. I'm ready. You ready, Tanner? Noivus. <clears throat> me, 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 me. I don't know why I'm noivus, but I am. I is. Okay. Wheel, wheel. What's your deal? Give us a movie that makes us squeal. Is it on digital? Is it on real? Hey, wheel. What's your deal? And wheel's deal this week is number twenty-seven. So, Mr. Tucker, list master, pull that baby up. What is the twenty-seven general? Film? Yeah, the list master That's general. Devious face on this boy here. What? Yeah. Mischievous. Uh, I'm curious. Hmm. Mischievous look on my face because this is one of my personal favorite Best Fiction winners that we are going to watch next week. This is, of course, the 1960 Best Picture winner. Uh, mm. It is number 61 on all-time highest letterboxed ratings. So uh, out of tens of thousands of films, pretty high up there uh, in the grand scheme of things. We're, of course, looking at a film starring Fred McMurray, Shirley MacLaine, Jack Lemmon, directed by Billy Wilder, that oh-so-sweet man. We're watching The Apartment. Ooh. Wow. Okay, so we God, will I have movie so much. We will have a special guest next week too, because my friend and 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 compatriot Ryan, we we've entered into a blood bond, and and he loves that movie too. So he's going to come in and bring a little extra extra to gusto. Oh. I okay. do want to warn you guys. I am in a study class explicitly <gasps> about Billy Wilder, so I oh know a God. lot about what his stuff is, and I have <laughs> textual readings and sources. So. This might be our most educated episode of Quest it's to our, come up. It's our academic episode. Yeah, the academic episode. The We need to think of another word for episode so that it can be the apartment, academic, whatever. Um, all A's. Oh, oh true. Addition. Yeah. Addition. Episode. <laughs> nice. Ashu. I'm really excited about this movie. We're, we're a couple of academics over here saying episode. <laughs> I am very excited to talk about this because I, I've heard so many great things. And, and just being in the class... Um, I'm gonna get to read a chap couple chapters and some biographies about this. Doesn't sound the most exciting thing ever, but I think I am excited for it. So we will be back with all of our knowledge, all of our learning and knowledge. Uh, knowledge and learning and a whole lot of opinions because that's right. The quest for the bestest is all about what we think. And you know what? I wanna hear what you think. I want you, as Apollo Creed does walking around the, uh, the ring at the beginning of the fight, to tell us what you think of Rocky. Let us know in the comments. This is a fan favorite of so many people. So many people love this movie and we want to hear what you think. And if we like it, especially if we think it's a, a really good comment, well, we'll read it out on the next episode. So if it's one of the comments, we'll read it next we'll, episode. We'll, that's usually we'll, how it goes. we'll look through the phone book and find your name and, and bring you into the ring of yes. uh, the top comments. And all four of us will beat you up. Exactly. Okay. Well, <laughs> I cannot wait for this. It's going to be a great time. Thank you for joining me on this great episode of Quest for the Bestest, a real, a real knockout movie and maybe even a knockout episode. So we'll be back next time to talk about The Apartment. Hope to see you then. Peace. Hey, everyone. Timo here. Just want to give a quick update at the end of the episode because we made a little mistake. The Apartment is not actually the right film for us to be watching next week. Our numbers were a little mixed up. The right film is Gigi. So even though it's just one year off, we'll be talking about Gigi next week. And do not worry, The Apartment will follow up that episode. The, the one after next episode, we'll be talking about The Apartment. All that great, all the great scholarly references. And Ryan's going to come in and chat about it. It's going to be a great episode. I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm also not, not looking forward to I'm in. I'm actually looking forward to talking about Gigi, watching the film, um, and mm, I think you should be too. It's looking like it'll be a pretty good episode. So just to remind you, Gigi will be next week and then the apartment's making its its real appearance on the quest for the bestest. You know, next week's gonna be our 50th episode. It's pretty crazy. Thank you guys for sticking around this far and uh, I cannot wait to see what happens next.